In its quest to provide an open forum for discussion of controversial issues, this station allows hosts and their guests to express themselves without any significant censorship. You are advised that any view expressed by the host or their guest are not necessarily the views of the owners or management of Toginet Radio, Togi Entertainment, or the Owners Group, Inc. It's time for Sex Talk with Lou. Lou Paget on Toginet. So, have you ever wondered if you're normal or why you feel distant from your partner? Why they keep doing that? Want to recreate a truly connected relationship? Or wondered, how do I tell my partner or kids about things? Then this is your chance to be a fly on the wall and learn about one of the most important parts of our health, our sexual health. Lou Paget is a certified sex educator, an international best-selling author, and not only will Lou and her guests discuss the most current research, they will put you at the head of the class on good, solid, scientifically-based information and how it will impact you and your family. Known for delivering information about sexuality and relationships sans the sleaze factor while retaining all the accuracy, fun, and the you're kidding factor. Let's get to it. Sex Talk with Lou on TogiNet. And now, here's your host, Lou Paget. Good evening, everyone, and thank you for being with us. Tonight, I have a guest who is also a fellow TogiNet host. And when we spoke, um, we touched base uh, last week and spoke this week, it seemed like an ideal fit for what her work is and what mine is. My guest this evening is Phyllis Martin, and her site and her show is the Infertility Forum, which is something that is becoming much more common and, thankfully, much more spoken about in a way that is supportive for people, which is for couples, for women and for men, and for same-sex couples. So I believe that you are on with me, Phyllis? Yes, hi, I'm here. Thank you. Great. Now, I I sent you some questions just quickly. Mm -hmm. I trust that you got them. And if not, I will just start from the top and... Because we had such a great start in our conversation. It was like, ooh, ooh. Did. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Go right ahead. And thank you for having me on your show. It's a thrill it, to be here. I've listened for so long. It was a real uh, thrill to be uh, invited. Thank you. Well, thank you. Well, one of the first things when Phyllis and I were speaking is that when I wrote my fifth book, Hot Mamas, the reason that I did is because I saw so constantly how couples had their relationships pull apart when they were either trying to get pregnant or when they were pregnant. And I realized this is the one thing that most people become partners because they want to be parents. So what is it that's getting in the way of them maintaining that connection through a pregnancy and afterwards? So... So tell everyone, you know, and I know you do it on your own show, but please tell them, Phyllis, how it was you got into having this be a specialty. And for an an LPC, can you tell people what that stands for? Sure, sure. I'll start with the beginning. Um, I am an LPC, which is a licensed professional counselor. It comes under the same uh, sort of group as a psychologist, as a social worker, um, 
someone that does clinical work under the uh, realm of psychology. And so I was a counselor and worked with uh, the seriously mentally ill. I worked at a shelter with a abused women, and I then moved on to the Department of Justice, actually, where I absolutely adored uh, being their in-house employee assistance program counselor, and that's an EAP counselor, which probably many of you have as a benefit. You can go to a counselor that's in-house for, you know, three visits, and then they refer you out. Um, so while I was doing this with my career and seeing folks for all sorts of reasons, I was trying to have a family somewhere along the line. And unfortunately, it didn't go well or easily. And I had a really good OB who said, you know, come in the next morning after sex and we'll take a look and see if we need to refer you. And uh, so sure enough, it's called a postcoital test. Mm -hmm. Sex, the next morning you go in and um, they take a sample and put it under the microscope basically to see what the sperm are doing. Mm -hmm. And lo and behold, they weren't doing a lot of anything. So... um, they, the doctor, I say, was good because she didn't stick around waiting and saying, you know, you have a year, you're young, you're in, I was in my late 20s. Right. Um, she just said, get you to a fertility clinic and let them do the full workup. Um, and although no one wants to hear that, and it's incredibly intimidating to think, uh, wow, you know, a fertility clinic, um, it's the best way to go because they are the experts and they will do um, blood work and they will do semen analysis and they will do uh, sonograms to take a look at your uterus and ovaries and they'll give you a sense of what they uh, are seeing. They'll flat out tell you what they know um, based on their findings. And so the good news is we didn't waste a lot of time with the OB. The bad news is we still had to go to uh, a lot of fertility work. And mm-hmm. In the process, we went to, you know, two clinics. We went to um, lots of uh, counseling ourselves to get a a handle on this whole topic. And eventually, after making lots of different decisions and lots of sacrifices, we we did become pregnant. Um, I have twins, and I have a um, six-year-old that is uh, the third of the batch. And Mm -hmm. so... Um, after doing all that, you know, I uh, was then home. I retired from my career for a bit and started thinking there was so much that I could have used um, or that my husband could have used. There was so much that I needed to know that I did not know, uh, support groups that were being canceled because we there were not enough people, topics um, like donor egg or um, child-free living or donor sperm where no one was really saying a whole lot. A medical, a medical professional might be saying, you know, consider this, but we just weren't getting information about the um, feelings and the process and the decisions. So when I became resolved with my own, and you really do need to be resolved, you can't be in the throes of it so that a client's triggering everything, I then decided to set up my own private practice. And in doing that, um, I chose to specialize in this field, and I haven't looked back. So uh, for over 10 years, I've been working with people that um, have similar stories, have, uh, you know, different uh, experiences, but there is that same um, essence when dealing with infertility of how it absolutely impacts us on so many levels. There's no question that it impacts, and it impacts in a way 
that it's blindsiding to relationships because we think they're just going to everything's just going to be fine, and it's not. Now, one of my my second question to you is: Why are we seeing so much infertility in both women and men? Well, in my experience, and I am in uh, the Washington, D.C. metro area, so we have a lot of people that are dual career, and I think mm-hmm. part of the reason that we are seeing this that uh, is the simple, I always say, you know, you really need as a woman your 20s twice. You need the first decade to um, pursue career, but then you need your 20s again to pursue family building. And mm-hmm. we have this, you know, you need to be it all, you can be it all message as a woman as a girl, as a college student, um, get out there and, and, you know, support yourself and make, you know, make your way in the world. And I joke, you know, as we're doing this and we're getting older, we might look good. In fact, we might look much better than, you know, our generations before when we're in our late 30s and our 40s. But our ovaries are still our ovaries, and they're still saying, hey, come 35, I'm taking a big dip. And um, the the quality of eggs still, despite on the outside looking better or looking young, doesn't uh, correlate with what's going on on the inside. Our ovary quality still goes down as we age, like it did for the last, you know, I don't know, hundreds of years. That I mean, that, well, I would... thirties, it's starting to slide. Right, and really, Absolutely, right. Yeah. You know, you're most fertile in your 20s. These days, depending on where you live and what your environment is, that is not often the norm of when, uh, you know, your peers are having children or they're even married. Um, Certainly in my area, you don't see that a lot, uh, that young 20s are getting married and having children. People are postponing both, or they're just not at that place in their life where they're ready to say, I'm, you know, ready to be a mom or a dad. So for mm-hmm. women, I think it comes to uh, the po- the possibility of aging out um, with with uh, an uh, acceptance of the myth that you've got all the time in the world. Um, well, I think that you know if we when we spoke about this earlier, mm-hmm. that there is a complete myth that you will have balance in your life. Mm-hmm. If you are someone who has a career or you are someone who has chosen to have children, I mean, those are going to be, that's going to be the focus. So uh, it really is a crazy statement to tell people you have to have balance. Mm -hmm. And women get the brunt of that one. Mm -hmm. I have to say I agree. I agree because not only um, is that, that quest for balance a lifelong process, but um, I feel that the scales are always teetering. You know, something is always giving on one side or the other. And we also are no longer in communities with our families where, you know, the women and the wisdom that the older women have and the companionship and support that the peers of our cousins and aunts and grandmothers have is part of us. And so trying to, you know, raise a family, trying to have a child, trying to work as well, uh, you're very much in an isolated position compared to generations past where this was, you know, a no-brainer, come take the baby, come have a meal, you know, um, go take a nap. And there wasn't this whole um, sort of myth that actually you're supposed to do all this on your own. Um, And, And you know what? This is not the only country 
method is dealing with that. I my books are, you know, twenty eight languages in sixty countries, and in Japan, they are having the same thing happen, where there is not the environment of support around them, and women know that if they do have a child, the first thing that's going to happen is they're going to have to quit what they do, and they don't want to do that because then they're going to be isolated and by themselves. Mm-hmm. So that's an impact. Now, fifteen seconds until our first break. My guest this evening is Phyllis Martin, who is a TogiNet host as well, and we're talking about infertility. Her show is Infertility Forum, and we're talking about what we can do to guide people to have them reconnect in relationships and sensuality when they're going through baby-making sex. Please stay with us. This is Sex Talk with Lou on TogiNet with your host, Lou Paget. Techniques and tips are her specialty. She delivers bite-sized chunks of information you can use right away that work. So stand by for more sex talk when we get back after these. This is Sex Talk with Lou on TogiNet.com. Get ready for the Not-So-Soccer Mom, Tuesday afternoons at 1 Eastern, noon Central, on Toginet with Jill Hickey. You name it, from politics to pop culture to Jill's search for the perfect bronzer and chicken salad. The Not-So-Soccer Mom will weigh in on it all. The sentence, I have no opinion about that, is one that Jill has never uttered. In the early 90s, Jill finally decided to put her thoughts, opinions, mom advice, love of pop culture, hummus, and Starbucks, working out, cosmetic shopping, and politics into an actual website and thus NotSoSoccerMom.com was born. Shortly after her fourth child, a boy, Jerome, now she's really got tons of topics to share with you. This is Laugh Out Loud Funny, and we're not kidding. What's a loud Nebraska girl who lived in Little Rock for many years and now is up in the Northeast doing, chronicling her opinions on everything? The wheels aren't off yet, but it's close. It's the Not-So-Soccer Bomb with Jill Hickey. Tuesday afternoons at 1 Eastern, noon Central on toginet.com. Have you been laid off? Fired, downsized, right-sized, or re-engineered out of a job? Are you unemployed or anticipate that possibility? Then tune in for Successfully Unemployed, hosted by Alan Sherwood, MBA, president of Sherwood Consulting Service. Successfully Unemployed will provide you a hope-filled and comprehensive approach to the job search process from an author who's experienced it all. Alan and his guests will cover all dimensions of a job search, physical tasks, mental attitude, emotional health, even one spiritual perspective, all must be integrated in order for a person to be successfully unemployed so they can then be successfully employed. This show is designed to help you move forward from job loss to finding or creating more fulfilling work. For more on Alan Sherwood, MBA, and the show, check out his website, SuccessfullyUnemployed.com. Then join us for Successfully Unemployed with Alan Sherwood, MBA. Thursday nights at 8, 7 Central here on Toginet.com. Welcome back to Sex Talk. Imagine having access to some of the best experts in the field of sexuality and sexual health so you can finally ask that question. Be it function, sensation, or something you've heard, this is the spot. It's Sex Talk with Lou on toginet.com. And now, back to your host, Lou Padgett. Right away. Welcome back, everyone. Tonight, my guest is Phyllis Martin, who is a co-host, uh, pardon me, and um, a colleague on TogiNet and has her own show, 
fertility form, and I apologize, I've been saying infertility, but we're going in the positive direction, as Phyllis said. We're going towards the fertility. So on our break, we discussed a couple of questions and and things, and one of them I, I wanted to find out, Phyllis, when... Let's say the man is the one who has the issue. How do you work with them, and how is it different than you might work with a woman? Excellent question and a complicated scenario. You know, I have... um an eye on the statistics of what, you know, sort of the general infertility population looks like, how it gets split up. And overall, what I've read time and time again, what the doctors will tell you, 40% of infertility is female uh, diagnoses, 40% Mm -hmm. is male. 40% 40% is male, and 20% is either a combination um, or, or an unknown, uh, no real diagnosis. Okay. Everything seems to be working fine, but for whatever reason, it's not quite. There's no one big thing that's getting in the way, but maybe there's a few little things that could be making this more difficult. So oftentimes there's a misconception that the fertility issue lies with the woman. Mm-hmm. Uh, what happens when it's uh, male fertility? Well, you had a guest this week with that, I, did you not? I had an excellent doctor speak on my show, Dr. Ash, A-S-H, Kershigar, and he is a urologist and a fertility specialist. And he talked about not only the medical side of some of this, but the emotional side with lots of cases about his uh, uh, clients and patients over the years. Mm-hmm. One of the things when a man is dealing with this is that uh, it's a hard topic to talk about in general. But it does tend to be more difficult for men because they don't actually tend to get along around their buddies and start chatting about their sex life to a true medical degree of, dis- uh, you know, disruption. No, I mean, you know, we watch the, you know, the music, um, you know, video awards, and what do we see? Here's Beyonce up there being pregnant, and all the guys are down there high-fiving Jay-Z. Right, right, right. Because right. that's more of the, you know, hey, you know, you, you got it done, babe. Here's you delivered the goods. Right. And that's kind of the message that men still feel that's what they're responsible for. I'm the right. provider. I'm the protector. I'm the procreator. Mm-hmm. And I do this to my wife, to my woman. Um, so if I can't, what does that mean? Mm-hmm. And usually, unfortunately, uh, the woman dragging in her partner saying, you know, he needs to talk about it. He's acting like nothing's the matter, but he won't make the doctor appointment, and we need to go to the doctors. You know, he said he's fine with this, but I'm waiting and waiting, and I don't want to feel like a nag. When I work with these folks, the first is uh, I see them as a couple to hear everyone's perspective, but then right. I need time alone with the man um, because it's going to be easier for him to say what he's got to say without having his wife there. Um, Mm, I totally agree with you. Yeah. So it, it allows that, that the real sentence to come out. It does, and it can be confusing for them. You know, it could feel uh, incredibly emasculating despite mm-hmm. a cognitive knowledge that it's not their fault. Um, right. It also depends on what kind of fertility issue they're dealing with. If there's no sperm, a man will take that pretty hard compared right. to I had a vasectomy after my first, you know, marriage, uh, you know, we decided this is what we were going to do. The marriage didn't work out, but, uh, you know, here I am in the second relationship. I'm trying to get it reversed, or I have gotten it reversed, but it's not back up to speed uh, with sperm count. Right. That, 
as a different kind of scenario for a man to um, sort of accept uh, as far as why something is going wrong. So that would be the worst-case scenario. Well, the worst case is, is when he feels he has no control over it, um, and when he didn't do something uh, like a vasectomy to to get in the way. In other words, you know, if you had the mumps as a young boy, not your fault, renders you infertility, infertile, and mm-hmm. it tends to be an easier thing to accept than to kind of have this shock, uh, you know, in your 20s or 30s that... You know, your sperm count is low, the morphology is low, the mobility is not happening. Um, and so. They're two tailed sperms. It's... Yes, yes. And one of the most important things when I'm working with a man is first to, you know, deal with what are we dealing with? What are the doctors saying? Because some of these things, despite the two-tailed sperm, if you take that sperm underneath the microscope and you just, uh, you know, pick the the winner out of all those, you know, that are chosen, all those whatever it is, dozens, hundreds, millions, depending on the sample, um, you can bypass a lot of the problems of sperm not getting to be able to get to where they need. You can even bypass sperm not having the enzyme on the head that allows for penetration to the egg. On the acrosome? It's called ICSI. It's intracellular sperm injection. It's, you know, you always see this picture on the news of an egg and then a very thin little, um, like a tubet or catheter. Uh-huh. Uh, anytime they talk about IVF, this picture seems to go with it. Actually, that picture is ICSI. That picture is uh, actual sperm being put into the egg because it can't do it itself. Right. It can't burrow in. Correct, and if it and if that is something that the doctors can offer, the man tends to handle it better. Um, you know, if a vasectomy can be reversed, he will handle that better. If mm-hmm. there are no sperm and the chance of finding some, sort of, they they do procedures where they can look into the testicles, they can see what they can find, even fragments, because the DNA can still be just fine. But if there's just nothing there or the chance of finding something is so slim or if they're talking about sperm donation, well, then a man is going to have a harder time with it because so much is wrapped up into um, sense of personhood and uh, masculinity when it comes to Right. Do you have, you know, for me as a sex educator and knowing the impact that... um, some STDs can have. Do you have many cases where the men have a form of infertility as a result of a sexually transmitted infection? You know, the doctor the other night, Dr. Kushner, had, uh, addressed that very question. Yes, there are times, unfortunately, when because of some sort of STD in younger years, now there is some sort of scarring in right. the tube, uh, the vas deferens, and that is a problem. Um, men can feel guilty about that, feel very uh, upset about, you know, that they didn't know. Um, well, it's the it same really, thing for women. It, it really, truly is, absolutely. Now, for women, how, because women, I think, would probably walk in thinking they're going to be the number one issue until you tell them the statistics. You know, if they don't, if they haven't gotten it from a fertility clinic, yes, um, there's a lot of self-blame. I had someone just yesterday saying, you know, I feel like a failure. And her husband was saying, 
you can't help it. It's got nothing to do with you as a person. This is nothing that you chose. This is nothing you did. You didn't bring it on. It, it is what it is. It's, it's, it's as even as saying you need uh, glasses because your eyes aren't doing so well, you know. Um, right. But we do. Women, just like men, will have a strong sense of um, failure around their purpose as a wife, uh, their sense of femininity, their sense of my job as a wife was to give him a child, and I'm failing at that, too. Or my job as a woman was to experience this. It's supposed to be so easy, and I right. see that I can't, and I feel mad or guilty that I, everyone else you know, seems to be doing it just fine, and I'm resentful. Yeah. Now, do you find, and I'm just going to use this as a possible um, similarity of how couples react. I know when couples go through a trauma or an issue with an injury with a child or, or, or a serious illness with a child, if there is something with the child, it is often the man will withdraw and the relationship will often end up pulling apart. Mm -hmm. Do you find the same thing if couples are not able to bridge this, that the relationships will end? They absolutely can. And you know one of the saddest things, Lou, it's not necessarily the end because no children come. I have seen marriages end after that sought-after child with all that work, money, effort does come but the damage in the relationship was so great that there was I've seen no repair. I, I thank you, Phyllis, for that because I've watched the same thing where couples for years and years and years tried. The child is born, but the, the lack of connection between them as partners while they are going through this mm-hmm. is the thing that has pulled apart their marriage. Right. And let us be honest here, you know, if you aren't, as I say to people, just because it's not being spoken about does not mean it's not an issue. Just because someone feels, look, I am, you know, and how do, you know, let's say a man is dealing with her having these things and going through all of the emotional upheaval of things, you know, he's like, hey, no one's talking to me. So often they will say, even the doctors didn't make eye contact when we went to the consult. You know, no! It, it, it happens because the wife tends to be, the woman tends to be, I know when my ovulation is, I know when I have to make the appointments, I'm the one that has to come in for monitoring. Um, and, and the focus and the attention, even though the it's not overly positive, mm-hmm. is all for her. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And now we're going to probably have about another 30 seconds until our um, midpoint break here. My guest this evening is Phyllis Martin, who has a show on TogiNet as well, the Fertility Forum. And we are going to, in the next section, go over her success stories. And because we know baby-making sex is a real mood killer, we're going to talk about what she recommends and I recommend for couples who are dealing with this so that they can pregnancy-proof their relationships. Thanks so much, and please stay with us.
This is Sex Talk with Lou on TogiNet with your host, Lou Paget. Techniques and tips are her specialty. She delivers bite-sized chunks of information you can use right away that work. So stand by for more sex talk when we get back after these. This is Sex Talk with Lou on TogiNet.com. It's time to capture the simple piece of the Amish in your own life. Amish Wisdom with Suzanne Woods-Fisher. Thursday afternoons at 5, 4 Central. Each week, Suzanne will have conversations with guests about living a life that incorporates principles of the Amish without going Amish. She'll cover the practical, simplicity, slowing down, reducing clutter, putting the brakes on materialism, the historical, how have the Amish survived for 400 years, how can we hold on to what we hold dear, and the spiritual, treasuring important values, honoring the past, and increasing peace of mind. You don't have to become Amish to make personal peace a reality. Amish wisdom will help all of us live a simpler life. For more information, go to SuzanneWoodsFisher.com. With Amish wisdom, Suzanne offers us a glimpse into a world of peace, serenity, and total commitment to family and God. This show just might change the way you live your life. It's Amish wisdom with Suzanne Woods Fisher. Thursday afternoons at 5, 4 Central on toginet.com. Want to be challenged in a powerful way to leap beyond what you think is possible? Then join us Mondays for the Leah Jansen Show. Every Monday at 10 a.m., 9 a.m. Central on toginet.com with Leah Jansen. Listen live as life coach Leah uses her coaching skills to give you the tools you need to take action and create momentum. You are encouraged to call in and share your greatest fears, challenges, and obstacles. And then listen as Leah obliterates those barriers to success. For more on Leah and the show, check out her website, leahjansen.com. That's Leah, L-E-A-H, J-A-N-T-Z-E-N.com. Spend one hour with Leah, and you'll be captivated by her energy, enthusiasm, and magnetism. You'll quickly become addicted to her positive attitude and make-it-happen mentality. Ready for a life-changing, mood-altering show? Then get ready for Leah Jansen. And listen live to The Leah Jansen Show every Monday morning at 10 a.m., 9 a.m. Central on toginet.com. Welcome back to Sex Talk. Imagine having access to some of the best experts in the field of sexuality and sexual health so you can finally ask that question. Be it function, sensation, or something you've heard, this is the spot. It's Sex Talk with Lou on toginet.com. And now, back to your host, Lou Paget. Thank you for being with us. Tonight, my guest is Phyllis Martin, who is the host of Fertility Forum, which is also a TogiNet show. And over the break, we had discussed that, you know, the things, you know, some of what her success stories are. And also, I wanted to have her comment on what do you do if you are dealing with someone who's coming in and they are on a number of different medications, and they've really medically, they put themselves in, you know, what you call a chemical straitjacket and numbed out their ability to feel connected to their partner because of the stress of going through this. You know, uh, two thoughts come to mind when you, when you bring this up, Lou. One is the client that is suffering with a mental illness and has to be on medication to stabilize mood. Um, mm-hmm. Years ago, I had a woman come to me and say, I'm bipolar, I'm on all these different medications, I want to have a baby, I need to go through IVF, and I don't want all these medications in my system. 
can you, are you willing to work with someone that goes off their medication? And I said, yes, uh, absolutely, let's do this. And so after, you know, consulting with doctors or psychiatrists to ensure that this was okay, uh, that she was going to be monitored closely, she slowly was weaned off her medication because Mm -hmm. it was important for her that um, her body was clear of everything as she was going through treatment. Unfortunately, the first try did not work. And so then you're dealing with, you know, all the symptoms of someone with a major depression who's choosing not to take medication because she's still trying to keep her system clear in the hopes of getting pregnant and not having any side effects. Happily, Uh eventually she got pregnant. And um, once a woman is pregnant, depending on what they're dealing with, uh, a very trained, seasoned psychiatrist that I work with that works with people dealing with hormones uh, as well as mental illness will be able to slowly um, and carefully uh, determine when to begin bringing some of those medications back. So one of the examples I give is the person that has to be on these medications for real um, assistance in their everyday life, but Mm -hmm. choosing to go off of them uh, to clear out the system. With the second scenario that comes to mind, it's the person that because of repeated failed attempts to get pregnant, someone is dealing with high anxiety Uh or depression. And if they were dealing with anything else that was giving them these symptoms, I might suggest medication in conjunction with talk therapy if talk therapy does not seem to be enough. Usually fertility patients don't want medication. They don't want the idea of taking anything else that they're um, trying very hard to have their body, you know, sort of as pure as possible. So... I will mention that if it's going to be something that we need to consider seriously, we can look at that. But in the meantime, what can we do to avoid that kind of uh, road? Because talk therapy certainly can be um, incredibly effective with anxiety and with depression, with challenging thoughts, with changing behaviors, and um, even with the people that are numbing out and not connecting with each other because the emotion is something that they don't want to touch. Right, because I, I know when some men first hear, uh, you know, yeah, you may enjoy, you know, having a little toke before you do something, mm-hmm. but basically what you're doing when you are smoking marijuana or hash or anything mm-hmm. like that, the cannabinoids in it are basically causing the sperm to go into, like, stoner dude sperm. Yep, yep that's right. I mean, they're kind of like, hey, babe. <laughs> <laughs> and they might remember what they were there for, and they might not, you know, and the sperm might remember, you know, to go try to... I'm supposed to go this egg. way, and it's, instead they're, they're going all over the place. <laughs> That's right. But absolutely, you know, I don't see a lot. Once people have gone to a fertility clinic, um, they tend to stop, uh, you know, drinking wine, drinking caffeine, uh, taking a toke, cigarettes. I have had some angry wives saying... You know, he reaches for a cigarette once in a while, or he reaches for scotch once in a while, and he shouldn't do that because we're trying. Uh, You know, the doctors will tell you, get rid of it. It's not helping anything. At the same time, they are also going to be wanting to know, you know, what's what's the extent to which this is going on. For Uh sperm, you know, issues, the first thing they'll be talking about is, 
you know, avoid the hot tubs, avoid tight pants, um, and uh, some real basic things because, as you know, the testicles are outside the body because they, too much heat will damage the sperm. The same thing with taking a toke, putting you in the mood. And so when a couple is saying, well, this is what we used to do to get in the mood, and now we can't do this or we don't want to do this, we do right. have to come up with alternatives. Mm-hmm. No, and, and as you and I also both know, that once there is a pregnancy, Many times couples completely withdraw from doing anything of a sexual nature because they feel they don't want to do anything to risk the pregnancy. Yes, yes. And you know, and we'll we'll talk about that um, in a bit. Tell me, can you share with me what some of your success stories are? Well, I I certainly would be happy to. And you know, Lou, I look at success in many different ways. I don't and thank and thank you for that. I was going to ask if you'd mm-hmm. define it. <laughs> it's definitely not did you get the baby you set out for, which might upset people or or confuse people because they're coming in saying to a clinic saying I want to get pregnant and that's my goal. My job, my mission is to say you have to think in terms of uh many roads that you will find fulfillment through. And I Understand that your road that you're on right now is to pursue parenthood with your own genes, with um, good old-fashioned sex, if that's not going to work, with you know the, the least invasive method possible, but ultimately a child. However, um, if that's the only way a person or a couple can define success, Mm-hmm. they will find themselves incredibly um, upset because their expectations are not flexible. Right. In other words, there comes a time when a doctor might be saying, we can get you pregnant, but you need to consider donor sperm or donor egg. And so that's a tremendous change in the picture that one has drawn about what their family is supposed to look like. Uh-huh. Doctor, Do they? Do they, for example, for men, mm-hmm. let's say as a result of mumps or as something else, or let's say there's been um, an injury, mm-hmm. let, let, you know, we deal with, I mean, you, you know, have dealt with these things as well, where let's say it is a soldier who comes back, there's been an injury, and he has, in essence, been rendered mm-hmm. sterile as a result of injury to the groin area. Mm-hmm. What are some of their options, and then what might they grapple with? Might it be a sperm donation from a family member? Yes. Might it be? Right. You're you're right on the same page. Sperm donation would be something to grapple with, and within that it would be a known donor or an unknown donor. Right. What does that mean? Uh, Adoption would be something to consider. Right. Under that umbrella, there's domestic, there's international, uh, there's what age, you know, are you willing to accept of a child, what country would be acceptable, um, how long are you willing to wait, and um, the the other choice there would also be no children. And right. there is a phrase in the field called child-free living as opposed mm-hmm. to childless living. Mm, um, oh, much nicer. You know, that's the idea, but at the same time, people do say, ah, you know, it's not like I chose it. But um, there is a different 
perception when you can resolve your fertility and choose child-free living. And I have had couples successfully do that, where they get to a point in their treatment when they say, you know what, the technology never ends, the door is always open, we don't want to jump through every single hoop. It's too much financially, emotionally, maritally, socially, uh, we're tired. And we can look back and say, we have done everything we feel was reasonable if not extraordinary, uh, to say we gave it our best shot. And my you know, goal then is to help them focus, what's this going to look like for you? Because, you know, there's this unconscious expectation we'll have children. Even if you weren't one of those people that grew up playing with baby dolls or naming your kids, you know. Right. Um, you will find couples buy a house that's bigger than they need with the expectation Children are going to fill it one day. Uh, right. I bought I bought my first house. It had a playset in the background, and I went <laughs> sidewalks because my children were supposed to ride bikes on sidewalks. So I like that better than no sidewalks. And guess what? There were no children in that house. You know, for almost ten years. So at some point, you have to start thinking, why am I in the burbs? Why do I have this school district when I'd rather have a small little condo that I could lock up and travel? Right. Um, so part of the mission is. How do we guide ourselves into a very satisfying life that doesn't have this tremendous hole that leads to bitterness and resentment and and fragility? Right. Now, here's, yeah, and here's the question I would ask. Do you have online communities and resources for people where they can contact you and find someone, let's say it is a group that have, you know, they bought the car with the, the four-door car because they were expecting to, you know, have two kids in the back in the baby seats, and that never happened. And now, you know, she's dealing with what, you know, who can I talk to, and he needs someone as well. Yeah, yeah. You know, the best resource that I give everyone is an organization that's a nonprofit called Resolve. And Resolve is nationwide, and it is about resolving your fertility issue, whether that's through adoption or through assisted reproductive techniques, or through child-free living. And so if you go on to resolve.org, there are chapters all over the country. They have peer-led support groups for couples, for men, for women. And then oh, they have how outstanding. It's fabulous. And they have conferences that will give you every kind of information you could possibly know. I used to oh. like, be an event coordinator um, as a volunteer there. You know, we, we put on panel discussions so you can hear people that have done different things. Um, all this the is, no. coming in. It's resolve.org. Okay. So we're coming up to our final break. My guest is Phyllis Martin. Please stay with us. We will be right back. This is Sex Talk with Lou on TogiNet with your host, Lou Paget. Techniques and tips are her specialty. She delivers bite-sized chunks of information you can use right away that work. So stand by for more sex talk when we get back after these. This is Sex Talk with Lou on TogiNet.com. Connect with Juliana and connect with what lies beneath. Friday afternoons at 4 or 3 central on toginet.com. Juliana is a marriage, family, and child therapist who wants people to connect. Connect with what lies beneath, those truths and answers. And through her counseling practice, she has helped others find their personal power and fulfill their dreams. And she wants to do the same for you. 
here on Connect with Juliana through intimate discussions, intriguing subject matters, and the expertise of her guests. For more on the show and Juliana, check out her webpage, connectwithjulianainmedia.com. Juliana will cover it all. Nothing is off limits. She wants to know what matters to you. Make the connection. Tune in to Toginet to connect with Juliana to find out the facts that could be hidden beneath the surface. Connect with Juliana on Toginet to make a quality connection in your life. Friday afternoons at 4, 3 central on toginet.com. Parents, if you feel overloaded, overworked, underappreciated, and seriously stressed out, The Parents Plate is here to help you. The Parents Plate with Brenda Nixon. Tuesday mornings at 10 a.m. Eastern, 9 a.m. Central on Toginet. It's time to build stronger families through parent empowerment. And that's what The Parents Plate does. The Parents Plate understands the busyness of life and balancing child rearing and other commitments. Brenda Nixon will be talking to noted experts and authors on all issues, from teething to teen driving. Brenda Nixon is a nationally recognized speaker to parents and child care professionals and author of the award-winning The Birth to Five book. From Fox 4 in Kansas City to schools and synagogues to businesses to bookstores, conferences to churches, audiences rave that Brenda engages, educates, and encourages. For more information on Brenda and her books, check out her website, brendanixon.com. The Parents Plate is loaded with information and affirmation. The Parents Plate with Brenda Nixon. Tuesdays at 10 a.m. Eastern, 9 a.m. Central on toginet.com. Welcome back to Sex Talk. Imagine having access to some of the best experts in the field of sexuality and sexual health so you can finally ask that question. Be it function, sensation, or something you've heard, this is the spot. It's Sex Talk with Lou on toginet.com. And now, back to your host, Lou Paget. Welcome back, everyone. Tonight, my guest is Phyllis Martin, who is the host of Fertility Forum, which is also a TogiNet show, and we were introduced to one another last week, and it just seemed like a perfect synergy to have the two of us, you know, get together and, and talk about what we deal with and what we give as options for couples dealing with when their relationship is pulling apart. But before we go to that, Phyllis, please tell people what Resolve can do. Let's say you said on the break, you're a single woman, you want to have a child, what do you do? Uh, can you just go to Resolve.org, Don't dial go in? to Resolve.org. It's the National Infertility Association. And the homepage will give you every kind of service that there is, family building options, diagnosis and management, support and services, resources, even volunteering opportunities. And if a person wants to talk to someone that uh, can share their story because they currently are dealing with. Uh, my example was, you know, I'm 42, I haven't met Mr. Wright, but I want to have a child. I don't know anyone that's done this, a single mom by choice scenario. Do you know anyone that I can talk to? There's a hotline with volunteers that have said, hey, I'm a 42-year-old woman that was, uh, you know, not with Mr. Wright, but wanted to do this. If anyone needs to talk to me, I'm happy to share my information. And so you'll have that with adoption. You'll have that with different diagnoses like PCOS, premature ovarian right. failure. So people that have um, certain scenarios have said, I'm happy to volunteer my time, give my phone number if somebody calls with these specific questions and scenarios. Right. So that's one I... resource that they offer. 
Mm-hmm. I um, was just at a um, presentation actually on, I think it was on Monday, from a therapist here in Los Angeles. Her name is Gretchen Kubaki, who she specializes in PCOS, polycyst, um, yep. polycystic ovarian syndrome. Isn't that, what, isn't that how Correct. it's the acronym? Absolutely. And it is one of the things that is often, you know, uh, you know, a shocking reason that women find out that, you know, that there's an issue with fertility as a result of it. So here you, you know, we've given this, which is great. So let's talk about what you and I recommend and suggest to people when they're going through this. And go. I'm going to say, you know, um, one of the most important things to help maintain uh, your your marriage, your relationship, your sanity, is to find a way to both talk about it, but also to take a break from it. Uh, sometimes a couple, one of the people wants to talk about it all the time, and the other person doesn't because that's all they ever talk about. And so communication breaks down. So right. Help people, you know. You've got to get to an understanding where you can express how upset or worried or scared or stressed out you are about this, but you've got to put a time limit on it, or you've got to say, you know, this can't be every conversation. Therefore, um, you have to be okay with talking about what now seems less important, mundane things at work, um, because it cannot be completely 110 focused now on the fertility aspect of things. Well, and, and, uh, right. And what I suggest to people is, listen, one of the most important things that the two of you need to do are the things that are crucial to maintaining what you know is important for your relationship, and that's usually touch. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Touch, touch, and more touch. Mm-hmm. Excellent. And it doesn't mean you have to say anything, but let's be candid. There's really only X number of people who can come into your space and touch you. True. Okay? And so that gives a specialness to that. Like, let's say you're, you know, you've just found out you're pregnant, but do not spend the entire time physically disconnected from one another, right. or you will go down that slippery slope of disconnecting. Mm-hmm. And there's a reason why, and you and I spoke about this, there's a reason why that the majority of separations and divorces occur within two years of the birth of a child. You talked about it before. You spend all this time trying to get pregnant, and then there's still this break in the partnership because the partnership wasn't nurtured throughout this. Right. Good parents are good partners. Very Period. well said. Period. Very well said. And the touch that I'm constantly reminding and recommending couples has to do with non-sexual touch, too, that you people will say, oh, you know, now we're doing ovulation predictor kits and we're doing all these treatments and it's just, it's not sexy. Um, or I can't stop thinking about conception, so there's performance anxiety. Well, you can be washing the dishes and kiss her neck. You know, you can give a good hello hug. Um, you can be on the sofa and cuddle. There's so much to be said in touch that still connects a couple, even if sex life has taken a hit. Completely. Now, here's one of the things that I will tell couples. Listen, if you are concerned that, you know, you, you, know, you are pregnant or you are concerned and, and, you know, 
Let's add in something new. In my book, How to Be a Great Lover, Mm -hmm. there are 22 different manual techniques. This is something that you have two hands and you can create, as I make the comment in my presentations, you can create an imposter vagina with your hands. Some terrific lubricant and you can take care of your partner if your partner is male. And it's something that can expand the buffet, the sexuality buffet of what you already do now and maintain the connection of the two of you as partners. Because that, you know, it truly is, if you take things for granted that it's going to be fine, believe you me, it won't be. Mm. And what I hear from is that there are, that couples want so much to have their dreams in front of them that they forget about nurturing the foundation that had them start with the dreams. Oh, yes. I like the way you say that because that is exactly right. It's what don't we have uh, that becomes the focus. Mm-hmm. And now, so what I tell people is, listen, go get some great lubricant. Mm-hmm. Get my book, How to Give Her Absolute Pleasure. Um, pardon me, how to, how, to, how to Be a Great Lover. They're mm-hmm. step-by-step illustrated techniques on what to do. So between the two of you, is there anything funnier than some of the times you're doing something you go like this, oh my God, this is a complete disaster. What are we doing? Yet it creates a history and a fun factor for the two of you when some of the stuff that you might be doing as a couple isn't necessarily all that fun. Right, right. And, and yet your end goal is that you want to have this thing happened. And you know what? There's nothing that can keep you more connected going through something than if you make an effort between the two of you. And it isn't just, hello, thank you, I have an ovum, and oh, thank you, I have some sperm. Right. Right. And that's that kind of thinking that gets people in trouble because then they feel, you know, uh, like a sperm donor within their own marriage or... Um, oh, Yes. Just the, the vial to hold the embryo, you know, in the own marriage. And what you want is to still take care of the whole person. And Right. Yeah. Now, and here's what I also will tell people. Look, if you have a hidden agenda and your hidden agenda happens to be, as a man, you're looking for a womb with a view, <laughs> as one man described it. He said he was looking for that. I uh-huh. cracked up. And for the woman who wants to be a mother, mm-hmm. look, be honest what it is you want. Don't say you want to be a partner if really what you want to be is a parent. Uh-huh. Say that mm-hmm. because then your intention matches up with what the behavior is. And you don't have someone thinking, okay, I'm really the most important person for them, but then all your behavior shows otherwise. Exactly, exactly. And, you know, if you have that hidden agenda and you didn't talk about it, trust me, that handy-dandy little elephant's going to march out of that closet any time now. And that's where resentment starts. It absolutely will. Mm -hmm. And there's, is there... So here we have a couple, they're dealing with this, they know they want to maintain their connection. Here's the two things you need to do. You need to have these conversations in a vertical position, you're not horizontal, Mm -hmm. vertical in daylight. 
Mm-hmm. That way you can have a conversation that doesn't have the heat of what it is you're doing at the moment. Absolutely. Discover some nice lubricants or some nice massage stuff or something that, you know, and it may be that the thing that is the sexiest for her or the most caring, loving, and oh my God, you know, this man's so awesome or my partner's so awesome is amazing foot massages Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. while going through this. And here's the other thing. Believe you me, no one needs to know what's going on in your you know, situation. We have two minutes until the outro. Tell me your best responses to anyone who inquires of someone. So, what are the contents of your womb? Are you pregnant yet? What's going on? What are your best responses? You know, I tell people be prepared, especially if you're going into family reunions or the holidays when you are, you know, having these office parties or um, seeing lots of people that you haven't in a year and you're getting that perpetual, oh, how, you know, are you have you had children yet or how long you married and they're doing the math um, and uh, you know you're having to constantly say no 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 we're trying um, sometimes saying we're trying will stop a conversation a lot of times it can invite more questions right uh, I tell people be ready with a quick statement that will divulge as much as you are comfortable divulging you don't owe it to anyone to give all of your information out there, um, but you don't want to walk away from a situation feeling like, oh, I was more, you know, curt than I meant to be because I'm so frustrated. So yeah. some of the things are, you know, um, not yet, we're working on it, um, but understand that people are asking questions without really thinking through what they're asking, uh, without really understanding that the consequences be very upset because then the comment, oh, it's so fun to work on it, and ha, ha, ha. Right, and then someone makes that statement. We have probably five seconds until our show is wrapping up. My guest is Phyllis Martin, who is the host of Fertility Forum. Phyllis, thank you so much for being with us, and I will be on her show. I think it's on the 28th of September? It is on the 10th of October. (laughs) (laughs) Thank goodness we check our calendar. Absolutely, and I forward to it. We'll be talking about hot mamas and um, it's been a pleasure being on your show, Lou. A true pleasure. You do great work.